Hello and welcome. I'm Megan Crabtree and one of my favorite times of the day is when I'm getting ready and can throw on a true crime case without distraction. Every week we dive into a new case while you grab your makeup, sip your coffee, and get ready with murder. In 2016, one of the strangest family mysteries happened in Australia. The story has been talked about all over the internet as one of the weirdest ever heard. And we're going to get into it all, but get comfy because this one is so off the wall. This is the case of the Trump family mystery. The Trump family lived in Sylvan, Victoria in Australia. The family consisted of Mark, the father who was 51, Jacoba, the mother who was 53, and their three adult children, Rihanna, 29, Mitchell, 25, and Ella, 22. The family had established a really successful red currant farm and earth moving business, which I had to Google what a red currant was. And if you're anything like me, it is a gooseberry. So There you go. There's your Google knowledge of the day. The farm was at their property in Sylvan, which was just on the outskirts of the Victorian capital in Melbourne, Australia. They worked seven days a week as a family to keep the farm and business flowing, which if any of you have ever worked on a farm, regardless of what type of farm, it's a really demanding job and you just have to dedicate every single day to it. So from every account that I can find leading up to this event, the family was really normal and hardworking, but their description of normal would quickly fade after August 29th, 2016. On this day, the Trump family fled their farm. Yeah, you heard me correctly. They fled their farm. They didn't just leave to go somewhere and come back. They actually fled their home. There was clear evidence in the home that they were obviously leaving in a quick manner and something must have scared them out of their residence. They left everything, you guys. They didn't bring passports or ID cards. They left it all. They would even leave their phones and credit cards, like everything. They did bring cash with them, but this was very off the grid, can't track us type of vibes, you know? The police force would even know that this was the absolute most bizarre case that they had dealt with in their last 30 years. So Mitchell, the middle child, well, he would sneak his phone with him on this trip. So his family thought that he left the phone at home like the rest of them, but Mitchell was like, no, 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 bro. I'm bringing my phone. It turns out that whatever it was they decided was enough to force them out of their home and go missing. Well, Mitchell wasn't totally buying it. It was only 19 kilometers into this road trip though that the parents would realize that Mitchell had brought his phone with him and his parents would force him to throw his phone out the window because according to them, they were being tracked. They would tell him and their daughters that someone absolutely had been following them and wanted to hurt them, which is why he had to throw his phone out. So he did, because I mean, what else is this kid going to do? So on the first day that they were on the run, they would drive in their daughter Ella's SUV heading north from their home in Selvin, all the way to Bathurst in South Wales, which would be about a full 500 miles in the car just on that first day. The following day around 7 a.m., Mitchell is like, bro, this is getting really weird and I don't want to be a part of whatever this is anymore. So he decided that he was going to leave the family at this point. Later on, according to Mitchell, he would explain that he really had had enough because the paranoia and fear that his family was experiencing, he would gather that whatever it was that was scaring him wasn't real and he couldn't continue to stay a part of it. So in the same area of Bathurst, before the family would take off again for the day, Mitchell left. 
and he started to make his journey back home to Sylvan. The entire family was clearly experiencing some type of paranoia, and it seemed like Mitchell was the only one that could actually reason with reality. He would later say that he didn't leave with his family that day because he felt like whatever it was they were scared of was real, but he felt a responsibility to them, making sure that they were safe. Like he felt a duty to go with them and see where it was that they were going. And that's why he left with them that day, not because he shared in whatever paranoia they were experiencing. Obviously it became too much when it continued to escalate. And that was when Mitchell decided for himself to get away from his family and to head back home. I really feel for Mitchell here because I'm sure that if my family were acting in a bizarre manner like this, like I would want to accompany them to make sure that they were safe. But at the same time, like what point are you putting yourself in danger as well? You know, there are people that would question Mitchell and his actions here when he left his family, basically saying like, if he was that worried about him, then why would he abandon them? But again, there has to be a line that you draw somewhere when your family is acting irrationally. And you have to also protect yourself. So I personally don't fault him for deciding to abandon this trip and to go back home. Meanwhile, back home, friends and family were starting to become worried and they were like, hey, we can't reach this family, like the entire family. We cannot get a hold of them. And remember, you guys, they lived on a farm and it required the family to be there seven days a week for upkeep. So the fact that no one could get a hold of them, that was really strange. They should have been around. After being notified, the police would go to the Trump family's home to essentially do a wellness check. You know, these neighbors and family, they're like, hey, we can't get a hold of them. You need to go check on them. Well, the home and the vehicles on the property would be unlocked, and the vehicles would even have keys in the ignition. They would find the home in total disarray, the police would note that it looked like the family had been searching for something specifically inside of their financial records as those records were spread all across the house, but not in the way you're thinking, not in a chaotic way, but they were actually separated in piles and clearly in some type of order. It was obvious to the police that they were looking for something in these records. Now, obviously we know that they had left everything behind and it was pretty clear to the police that wherever they went or whatever happened to them, it was going to be incredibly difficult to trace a family that brought, well, literally nothing traceable with them. So back to where the family was in Bathurst. When Mitchell decided to leave, Mark, Jacoba, Rihanna, and Ella continued on to the Janolan Caves, which I guess is a really touristy place to go to. Apparently, it's also really hard to get to. Like, you need a good vehicle, and it's one of those drives that, you know how when you're going backroading and you have driven these roads your entire life, so you know them really well, and you know where the potholes are and the crazy turns, you don't want to slow down or speed up, think of it like that. Basically, you would have had to have full concentration to get to these caves. And it definitely didn't sound like the family was in their right minds at this point. So that was likely a really dangerous and probably a little scary drive for that family, which leads me to the sisters. At this point, the girls are like, okay, peace. We're done too. My theory is that they took the drive to the caves with their parents and it was a terrifying experience. So when they got there, they were like, nope, 
noping on out of here. There isn't a ton of detail here. Like I'm genuinely curious if the parents were putting up any type of fight when these kids decided that they were no longer along for the ride. But we do know that in order to leave, the girls decided to steal a vehicle. Again, the whole being in their right mind thing, it could be that they weren't in their right mind or it could be that they were just so desperate to regain some type of normalcy that they resorted to literally stealing a vehicle to escape where their parents had brought them. Now, they would drive to a place called Goulburn, and once they got there, the girls stopped at a gas station, and they would end up reporting their parents as missing persons. This strikes me as weird. I mean, the girls knew where their parents were, at least at that point, but perhaps this was just like logistics to get the police involved, help them to get to where their parents are type of deal, you know? I'm not sure. So here we go with the weirdness again, but the sisters would now split up from one another. Ella, well, she wanted to go home. She wanted to get back because apparently she wanted to take care of her horses, which is just so cute because I would also be worried about my horses. But Rihanna didn't want to go back home. So Ella would take the stolen vehicle to get back to her horses, leaving Rihanna behind at this random gas station in Goulburn. This now is even more weird to me. It's like no one was having any type of thought process whatsoever. They knew they needed out of the situation with their parents together, but then they go separate ways. It's so strange. Like, did Ella initially convince Rihanna to leave their parents with her in the first place? Were they together on that? Like, as a team? Like, what happened from them leaving as a united force from their parents to them getting to this gas station and separating? I just am so curious about what was going through their minds. Now, Ella took the stolen vehicle, right? Which also weird because they just reported their parents as missing persons, but no one noticed the whole entire stolen vehicle they were driving. I guess they could have just reported their parents over the phone, but it's just still really odd to me. So Ella is the first of the family to get back home. Mitchell wasn't even back yet. Though he would arrive back to the property the following morning after getting on a train from Sydney. And when she would arrive, she would immediately be greeted by police officers investigating their property. Here is what gets even more bizarre, you guys. Both Ella and Mitchell presented totally normal, like completely unaffected by this entire saga. They were honestly just as perplexed as everyone else why their family had gone off and what the issue was, which is just so weird. Like Mitchell, okay, he was never like fully aboard to begin with, but Ella had been a part of the situation longer. I just, it's, it's all so strange. I told you this was a weird case. Now, Rihanna, who had been left back at the gas station in Goulburn, well now, again, let's dive into some weirdness. I guess there was this local man named Keith Whitaker, who I'm assuming had just unassumingly stopped for gas that day, and Rihanna took this opportunity to hop in the backseat of Keith's truck. Now, Keith wouldn't notice, and he would leave the gas station none the wiser, and after driving for some time, he would feel a kick in the back of his seat. Listen, y'all, I've seen way too many scary movies, and I listen to far too much true crime to not have had a full-blown panic attack, probably wrecking my vehicle 
uncomfortable if that were to happen to me. Like somebody just kicking my back seat while I'm driving. I cannot. But Keith apparently is a calmer person than I would ever be. And when he noticed the kick, he turned around and saw a pair of legs. Again, full-blown panic attack from me, but Keith handled this like a champ. He pulls over and sees Rihanna laying on the floor of his backseat of his truck. Obviously, Keith is like, WTF girlfriend, what you doing in my car? And he tries to talk to her, but you guys, Rihanna is in this odd catatonic state. He said that she wouldn't answer questions, wouldn't say who she was. She was just staring up at him as he tried to ask her these questions. And this is like so eerie to me. I would have ran from the truck like my pants were on fire. Like I would be so creeped out because honestly, most people would think this bro just up and kidnapped some girl from the gas station. Who wouldn't think that? I would. So Keith calls the police and he says, hey, I have some chick in the backseat. And I'm sure he said it more eloquently than that, but the police would come and then Rihanna would be admitted to Goulburn Hospital. She was admitted for quote, mental illness, unquote. There isn't extensive information about all that happened during this hospitalization, but this wouldn't just be like a off you go, discharge the next day type of admission. She would be there for months, months, you guys. What was going on with this family? What did she see? What did she hear? She was in this hospital for months. And this is honestly pretty much the last we hear about Rihanna. She does do an interview in 2017 and really doesn't clear honestly anything up just like the rest of the family. She pretty much says like, yep, it was weird. We still don't know why it happened. But the fact of the matter is this girl had been through something so traumatic that she was admitted to the mental health ward for months. I told you this story is wild. But meanwhile, you guys, Mark and Jacoba, they're still off somewhere right? We haven't forgot about mom and dad. Ella and Rihanna had given the police their last known whereabouts, but what police didn't know is that Mark and Jacoba had already driven back south again. So recap, they drove north when they initially started this trip and they ended up at the Jeholan Caves. And then for whatever reason, they drove south again. And this time they were at Wingrata, which was like 600 kilometers from their last known location. Now, for some reason, Mark and Jacoba separate at this point. So Jacoba would leave Mark and Wayne Grata with Ella's SUV and end up traveling by bus 350 kilometers back north to a town called Yass. So basically she's been doing a zigzag of north and south and north again ever since she left. And it's reported that a passerby would notice Jacoba just wandering down the road in this little town called Yass and that she was in a really agitated state when they found her. The passerby would call the police and report that she was not in a healthy mental state. And the police would come and Jacoba would be taken to the hospital and then transferred over to Goulburn's psych unit with her daughter, Rihanna, where they were both treated in the mental health ward. And you guys, she was admitted from what most reports say as six months. I am just really over here trying to figure out the mental trauma that this family underwent. Because remember, before this weird incident of them just up and leaving their life and home, there was no weirdness. They were described as a normal family. And I know like I'm not naive. I fully understand mental health issues can be hidden very well by someone, but that just does 
doesn't seem like the case here with this family. It seems like they really did experience something incredibly sudden and traumatic. So where was Mark? Well, back in Wingrata, it's around 10 p.m. and there was this couple playing Pokemon Go. Please tell me that you remember the height of this because I do, though I'll admit I never played it, but it really did sound like fun. So anyway, this couple is playing Pokemon Go and driving around when suddenly they would be aggressively tailgated by none other than Mark Trump. Bet you didn't see that one coming. Apparently, he was literally so close to the back of their vehicle that they said they couldn't even see his headlights anymore. So when I say aggressively, like he was on their butt. Now it gets even weirder, you guys. So the Pokemon Go couple, well, they would pull their vehicle over because I mean, what in the world do you do in that situation? So Mark would stop his car too. He gets out of his vehicle and he like kind of like runs toward them. And then he would stop in the middle of the road and just creepily stare at them for what they said was at least a few minutes when suddenly Mark would make a break for it and run off into the woods. Y'all, this is straight up urban legends type horror movie over here and I would drive off so dang fast. Like the second this bro was in the middle of the road staring at me, I wouldn't have stuck around to figure out what he did, but here we are. Now, once this was reported and confirmed that the vehicle was Ella's, the police would search for Mark in a nearby park that he would have ran into after that encounter with the couple, but they couldn't find him. It's also important to note that there had actually been a string of reported break-ins in nearby hotels in that area. And there's a lot of people like on Reddit that believe that it was Mark Trump seeking shelter during that time. So on September 1st, Mitchell and Ella would actually make an appearance on the news, basically begging the public for any information on their still missing father and begging Mark directly to return home. They explained that they were both just like totally baffled at their father's behavior and this entire situation. After six days of not knowing where their father was, Mark Trump would be found running on a road near the Wangrata airport. It was a passerby that spotted him and called the police. And let's just take a moment of appreciation in the story for the amount of passerbys that were just good humans and did the right thing to get this family the help that they truly needed and not just like ignoring the situation and leaving, you know? So he was picked up by police and taken back to the station where he was evaluated by a mental health officer for hours. And then he was released to the care of his brother, who was actually a police officer. I mean, he hasn't technically done anything illegal unless he was in fact the person that was breaking into those hotels, but that was just a theory. Nobody could prove that. So I guess according to the mental health officer, he was in a healthy enough mental state that they determined that he could go back home with his brother. I think the fact though that his brother was a police officer probably had a lot to do with them feeling comfortable enough to actually release him though, you know? Now also, Mark was shown on camera giving the middle finger where the media was filming his exit from the police station because obviously at this point, this has become a very public event. So, I mean, he was at the very least also agitated like Jacoba had been when she was found or the man just doesn't like cameras, you know? But he did later apologize for that and thank the community for their help and resources that were used to find him. The Trump family would now finally all be accountable 
accounted for after days of this chaotic movement. There was zero explanation, though, of what they were doing from the Trump family themselves. The police would investigate as to whether or not there were any threats against the family, if they were involved in a cult, or if they were doing any drugs, but they couldn't find anything at all. A lot of people online assumed that the family had become involved in some type of cult that caused them to flee in fear of their safety, but there is zero evidence that points to that. Like, their family farm was going really well, and financially, the family looked like they were doing all right. Later on, it would come out that Mark and Jacoba had been showing signs of mental stress leading up to the event of them leaving. They had believed that someone was out to rob and kill them. After Mark was picked up and released to his brother, Mitchell and Ella would be interviewed again, and the public was really hoping that this would be that moment where everything got explained because this case was so bizarre, and so far, there really hadn't been any explanation but Mitchell and Ella would tell the media that no, they don't know why this happened. They didn't have an explanation. Mitchell said, quote, I've never seen anything like it. It's really hard to explain or put a word on it, but they were just fearing for their lives and then they decided to flee. It was a buildup of different everyday normal events, just pressure, and it slowly got worse as the days went by, unquote. Ella would also go on to state that, quote, it was very confusing. I still feel very confused. I find our state of minds weren't in the best place and there's no reason for it. It's bizarre, unquote. Since this happened, there hasn't been any solid explanation whatsoever as to what happened to that family. This is the days of the internet, though, and you know this case was a hot topic on Reddit. So we do have theories, and I'm gonna dive into those. So the first theory is that the family experienced some type of chemical poisoning from their family farm or that they could have been poisoned by carbon monoxide. The theory is that whatever they were poisoned with caused the entire family to experience hallucinations that some type of scenario was happening that was making them fear for their lives and that was why they fled. But I just don't believe this one to be the case. First of all, Mitchell was never really affected mentally like the rest of the family was. If you remember, when they all initially fled the farm, Mitchell wasn't really like balls to the wall on a mission with them to leave like the rest of the family was. He was just basically going along for the ride to try and make sure his family was safe. Also, if they were poisoned by some type of chemical, you would think that over the days of them being gone from their home, that this poison would get out of their system and that they would begin to logically reason again. But that wasn't the case here. It actually seems like the family got worse the longer the journey went on. I mean, Rihanna and Jacoba ended up in the psych ward for months. So the next theory is that there was really someone or multiple someones that were after the family and wanted to kill them. But the police did investigate this pretty thoroughly and really didn't come up with anything. The farm was doing well. The family was fine financially. They didn't seem to have enemies. My only hang up here is that when police searched their home initially and found all of those financial documents that were being searched through as if like intentionally looking for something, it makes you wonder what it was that they were looking for in those documents. And also it goes back to my question earlier when I mentioned how are the parents feeling about the kids leaving their presence? Because it seems like they were pretty insistent on them going along with them with leaving their phones and everything behind. But if they were being for real hunted to be killed, 
what parent would let their kids separate from them, you know? It just doesn't add up. And then beyond that, you would think that Mitchell and Ella would at the very least mention that when they were investigated by the police, because they truly did want to find their parents. So I feel like they would have provided investigators with as much information as they could to actually find them if they felt like, you know, they were truly being hunted like prey. So the final most popular theory is what investigators believe what happened to this family. Investigators believe that this entire family experienced what is known as folie à deux, which that's like my best French accent. You're welcome. In English, this means madness of two, where basically people in a close-knit relationship, like a family or a romantic relationship, they'll experience what is called shared psychosis. This is apparently really rare. And like I said, it'll occur in like a family or a romantic relationship. So apparently the term came from a French couple that was experiencing paranoid behavior. They fully believed that someone was sneaking into their home in the middle of the night and leaving tiny little pieces of a lint around their house while wearing their shoes and in turn wearing down the shoes tread, which is why I guess they believed somebody was wearing their shoes because the tread was changing. I don't know, clearly paranoid behavior. So basically one person will start experiencing psychosis where they fully believe that something is happening and in turn, they kind of project this onto their partner or family member. And then that person will kind of share in that psychosis with them. So with the Trumps, it's widely believed that Mark was the initial one experiencing this paranoid psychosis and then in turn kind of passed that over to Jacoba who cycled that through the kids where it escalated and they fled. I really wish that we had access to hospital records in this case because I need to know what Rihanna and Jacoba were diagnosed with. What went on during those months that they were in the psych ward? Also, the fact that Mark, Jacoba, and Rihanna were affected so much more severely than Mitchell or Ella, there are just so many questions that I have, you know? So what do you think happened to the Trump family? Isn't this crazy? I told you this was a weird one. It's weird. Well, guys, that's the case for today. I hope you enjoyed getting ready with me today, and I hope that you have the best day ever. Stay aware and stay safe out there. Bye. 